0: This time, Ms. Dena's have a special response. Thank mm-hmm. ask all the uh vacation bible school workers to ease on up here stand up if you're working in vacation bible school come on up here we're gonna have a special word of prayer all of our workers if you're helping ease on up here thank you just a time for prayer uh, to say thanks vacation bible school could not happen without your help many of you are helping in many different areas and uh most of the time I'm a gopher and uh eat like a gopher. Love to eat and uh looking forward to the food, everybody. And just wanna say uh have a quick, quick word of prayer. Quick okay. All right. Getting Miss Karen. Having a little bit of strength issues. Everybody grab a hand. There you go. Curve on around. Y'all ease on that away. Now you should be able to. And you can just kind of play. There you go. Ease in there. Miss. Everybody grab a hand. Let's have a word of prayer for Great Vacation Bible School. Father, we know that Vacation Bible School is an awesome opportunity. And dear Lord, that the gospel Your holy word will be shared. There will be a lot of young people, a lot of kids that are so precious. Our church reaches out to our community, and may we continue to do so. Bless these workers. We could not do anything without them. Father, that you would anoint the words that they say, And their deeds behind the scenes, we may not always get thanked, we may not always get the pat on the back, but dear Lord, knowing that you know, and knowing the reason we're doing it is for you and for these kids, dear Lord, may that be motivation enough, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you all, you all may be seated. Okay, and the rest of the adults, I expect you all in class tonight, and uh, if you at all possibly can. And uh, thank you for the workers that recognized that my wife did not stand up, and uh, I was looking sideways instead of out, and uh, just uh, pr- continue to pray for her, lift her up in prayer, uh, Just just one of the uh common denominators i don't know if you know this but uh she's gonna she's gonna with the lord's help karen's gonna get through this whatever this mysterious ailment is uh one reason i know that is because not only the lord but also i don't know if you know this but she's very stubborn okay and uh I, i was trying to help out the other day and she said bring me a laundry basket full of clothes i'll sit here on the couch and i'll fold them well, I said, well, my goodness, my wife's under the weather, so I need to fold the clothes. So I folded the clothes, and I got in trouble for folding the clothes. <laughs> and uh, I thought, how many guys get in trouble for folding clothes? Man. And uh, because I did not bring them to her, and uh, she wanted to do that. And then she later on apologized said, thank you for being patient with me and uh and i do have some some patience a lot of times though we lose patience though with the close ones we are closest to we will lose more patience with those that we are around every day but uh she says she hates to feel helpless and and uh she doesn't like being waited upon at at all in the book of Matthew, get in the right spot here. Matthew, we will look to God's holy word and this sermon series I thirst. There's the famous passage. We've looked at about thirsting for the word of God, thirsting for suffering, thirsting for uh different things. This is one of those other famous Thirst In Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, real short Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word It simply says this Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness For they shall be filled Father, we thank you for this hunger and this thirst that you put in us and father only you can feel this and that you would be glorified this morning in jesus name amen you may be seated i was uh, thankful yesterday i was uh, a little bit thirsty i was uh, Still doing, uh, my, my training for the marathon in December. And I, for some reason or another, this weather and the, the hydration, I did, I didn't hydrate very well. And, uh, and I was at mile 6.2. I was coming back. I was still about three and a half miles from the house. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, uh, if you ever had a muscle cramp, boom. It hit, and so I said, whoa, number one goal in this whole deal is no injuries. So I, I, whoo, I came to a screeching halt, and uh, of course, Karen was under the weather, and then I called Caleb, and I called Karen, and nobody's answering. I hollered at Trey, and he's not answering, and and uh, so I, I said, well, Jeff's probably at work. So uh, my number one rescuer, he's rescued me many times before, Bull Wells, okay, Hollered at Brother Bull, he came to my rescue, saved me a few little, uh, I said, no, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm fine, no, no problems, but I, I knew I was, I didn't have enough fluids in me, and uh, it was causing this problem, and I was thirsty, and of course, uh, matter of fact, I've weighed myself most of the time when I do my long runs on Saturday, when I come back, I'm about four pounds lighter than whenever I started. And uh, last Saturday was eight and a half miles. And uh, but anyway, losing weight that water, especially in today's humidity, it can just evaporate totally. It's gone. And uh, so I need to either have some water at Jamie's house waiting on me, and stop by Jamie's house and get some water there, and a water break or something or another when I go that way. But there's a this thirst here. This hunger and thirst is not physical. This hunger and thirst, and what we're going to look at, there's just, if you looked at it already, the bulletin, there's just two points. This hunger and thirst after righteousness, and y'all know my country boy definition of righteousness. That's a big old long word. That's like my seminary instructor, he called it, that's one of them eight-cylinder words, okay? <laughs> one of them eight-cylinder words. Not a six-cylinder, eight-cylinder word. It's a big one, but all it means is is being in righteousness, being right with God. There's also righteousness being right with man. I have to be right with you. Do y'all realize how much in the Bible and uh is about being right? Those two things. How do you be right with people? And how do you be right with God? If you matter of fact, Jesus gave it, he called it the instead of the Great Commission, Matthew twenty eight, he called it the Great Commandment. And uh there's in other words, you can do everything and make, do everything in the Bible if you do two things. Seek God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. Who, who came up with that? Jesus did. That's called the great commandment. That's found in, uh, later on in the book of Matthew. And he said, uh, but there's a problem with this righteousness this problem, I think, about the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, they didn't like Jesus at all. This problem with righteousness. These guys, they didn't like him because he was he was uh, teaching something different than they taught. And if you have your Bible open and just follow along on the screen in verse 20, this is the problem with righteousness. For I say unto you, that accept your righteousness, exceed. And remember, these guys were looked at as a bunch of popes, cardinals, bishops. These were the people who lived religion. They lived, and notice I didn't say Christianity, because it hadn't really begun yet. Followers of Jesus were just getting started. And so religion, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And uh, so that the problem is this, is that most people don't think they can be righteous, but you can. You can be right with others and you can be right with God. Jesus said a lot about this in this passage here. Uh, And we're going to look at it. Being right with man, let's just uh, start off real quick. Still here in Matthew, a lot of these scriptures come right out of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew, me guilty of murder is the very first one, being right with man. Me guilty of murder? Look at uh, 21 and 22. Matthew 5, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment, which is a different thing than like a war or there's this is murder. This is murder. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raca, Shall be in danger. Just it's a just basically you just cussing your brother out, calling them names. Anybody you're a friend with, you you call them names. You run them down. Just run, just trash them. Just that's all it means. And you could go on. Shall be in danger of the council, and also shall be in danger of hell fire, which means judgment fire, being judged by God. So basically, Jesus is saying here, yeah. Y'all know about if you kill somebody, hey, that's bad news. That's, that's not good. You don't need to do that. Also, it says here, but get this, say, well, praise the Lord. You know, and I've, I've used this illustration many times. People that try to justify themselves may use that and say, well, I've never committed murder. But did you know everybody in this room is guilty of murder? everybody in this room because Jesus equates it to hatred. That's what Jesus equates it to. Jesus says if you hate anyone, if you run them down, if you trash them, if you that basically you murder in their character, you're murdering their reputation. You want others to join you in dislike To destroy someone's name, reputation, or just, just, I just, hey, I don't like them, you don't like them, I hate them, you hate them. And that, that's what Jesus was saying here. He was saying, well, you can murder somebody with your words. You can murder somebody with your anger. You can murder somebody with your hatred. And you say, well, I've never committed this. He says, you have. Been, and he does the same thing. that We don't have time to deal with it this morning, Sermon. He does the same thing with adultery. He said, I've never slept around and cheated on my spouse. But if you ever look, especially us guys, if you ever look at a woman with lust, You've committed adultery in your heart already, which, again, Jesus is saying you're guilty. You say, "Well, every red-blooded American male has done that," and that's why he says, "Yes, we have committed." You say, "Well, it's bad." What well, if some idiot said uh, one time, <clears throat> and in fact, this was in seminary class. I had the same instructor, and said, "Well, if I'm already guilty of it, I might as well commit the uh, the sin." And so that seminary instructor went over there, and he backhanded the preacher out of the desk. Boom! Right in seminary class. And young preacher got up out of his floor, and he, said, and he realized he was about to try to box a, a fellow that uh, he didn't need to box with. And he said, well, was it worse for me to think about hitting you or to actually hit you? And he said, point made. And you can be guilty of thinking it and thinking you're, You've committed the sin, but if you commit the action to go with it, then you've doubled it. You've doubled the sin. You've already sinned, so you're guilty. Who wants to be double guilty? And so what Jesus is saying here in getting along with others is you've got to realize He calls me and you to a higher standard. So right off the bat, He's saying... To not hate. Right off the bat, he's saying, don't gossip. Right off the bat, he's saying, don't trash other people. Don't run them down. And even the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I think Jesus prayed for them. Jesus tried to witness to them on several occasions. But in their self-righteousness, he said, hey, listen. If you go out here and you deceive widow women and you go over here and make him... Uh, to follow you and follow these rules, you're being a snake and you're being a, bi- a viper by your actions. So, yes, we can be guilty of murder. Bitterness also hinders our worship and getting along with others in this this uh, passage. Verse 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar. In other words, you go to church and there remember that, thou, that thy brother hath an ought against thee. He says, just stop right there. Don't go inside the church house, but go and work things out with them. That's what it says in verse 24. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. And then go to church. Hmm. Which tells me that Jesus believed in working things out with people. Going to people. That you have a problem with. Go to them. You say well. They should know that. I have a problem with them. Can they read your mind? No. They can't read your mind. Say well. I've had an issue with you. For 20 years. And they're like. You did? I never knew. <laughs> That's crazy. So. Somebody said. One time. That forgiveness is this. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. is unshackling a burden and awed against a brother, and you find out that you were the ones wearing the shackles all alone. When you forgive somebody, normally you don't release them, you release yourself. That's forgiveness. When you have bitterness, bitterness is not towards somebody. Bitterness is inside your own heart. And it's a cancer that will eat you alive until the day you die. Bitterness is something we do to ourselves. It's not so you say, well, they did it to me. They, they offended me. But what happens is, is we allow that to instead of going to them and working things out with them. And a lot of times you were offended by something somebody else did and they never knew it. They never knew you were the one offended. They never knew you were the one that felt mistreated or felt wronged. Matter of fact, it goes on to say in verse 25. Still, all of this is all of this is what? What is all this under the point of being right with man? What is the next one? The sooner you work things out, the better. <clears throat> the better. It only gets harder with time. Look at verse 25. Agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way. In other words. Don't let it fester, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee the officer, and thou shalt be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out, thence that thou hast paid the uttermost farthing, which means this. If you let bitterness, animosity, hatred stay inside of you, you say, Well, I tell you what, I can handle it. I'm enjoying it. I like to hate. I enjoy disliking somebody. I it makes me feel good. It according to that scripture right there, it will cost you dearly in the long run. Till thou hast paid the uttermost, the last it will drain you of all your resources, all your emotions. Matter of fact, then Whenever you hang on to bitterness and hatred, or you could just say, I don't hate, I just dislike a lot. (laughs) Well, guess what? That's what it grows toward. That's kind of like a baby flower. You know, light bulb goes out. That light, that's our friend over there. And, uh, that's kind of, that thing's going to grow. It's going to grow and grow, and then it's going to start dying. And, uh, and that's what happens inside of us. And then he goes on to say again about getting along with with each other. Matthew 5, love each other, verse 43. You have heard it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you, And persecute you. That you may be the children of your father. Which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. Sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. But verse 46. This tells a lot about a person. Verse 46 says this. If you only love people you like. Number one. That's easy. (laughs) I like them. Well, it's easy to love people you like. What is Jesus asking us to do? He's asking us to love the unlovable. He's asking us to love each other. He's asking us to love everybody, no matter how they treat you. Verse 47, and if you salute your brethren only. In other words, uh, someone said, uh, you know, at church... Everybody's real friendly, but I saw somebody that goes to your church, Brother Michael, in town one day. They weren't near as friendly. Number one, I can't control how all of us are outside of church. Well, I can't even do that inside of church. Only the Lord can do that. That's between you and the Lord, how you conduct yourself. But it says, if you salute your brethren only, in other words, handshake time. Oh, man, how we conduct ourselves outside of this building reflects on your heart and your relationship to God. How is your relationship with the Lord? And then it says, verse 48, be therefore. And if you have a King James Bible, it says perfect. But, you know, and I know that means mature. That just means grown up. You say, well, they're. I don't care if they're 8 or 80, it doesn't matter. An 8-year-old can act like an immature person, and so can an 80-year-old act like an immature person. It doesn't matter. Age has nothing to do, y'all know this, nothing to do with maturity, and that's what that is. Be, therefore, grown up, mature, even as your Father in heaven is mature, grown up. In other words, thinking of others. Alright, that's getting along or being right with man, being right with God. Our whole desire, the whole desire, the whole point of this, I hunger and thirst after righteousness. And, as, and you know, if you feel, if you ever get dehydrated, you, man, you feel like you could drink a gallon of water. But all I needed was a bottle full of water and everything was fine. And, but that hunger and thirst after righteousness and then I've got, and I love Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek, seek. That means look for it, hunt for it. And all of these things, talking about your physical needs, shall be at it. So I've got to seek first my righteousness. No, seek first His kingdom. His kingdom. That is our desire. Being right with God will lead to a godly character. Some of you may have seen this before and get to the Ten Commandments. I ran across a copy of the Hillbilly Ten Commandments. Some of you may have seen this. I love these. <laughs> Hillbilly Ten Commandments. Number one, are they Ten Commandments or Ten Suggestions? And so It's kind of small print, but... What, number one, ain't but one God. And don't try to correlate this. This is just country, uh, logic. Honor your ma and your pa. These are not necessarily in order. <laughs> no getting, no telling tales or gossiping. I like that. Get your hide to Sunday meeting. <laughs> ain't nothing coming before the Lord. And no fooling around with another feller's gal. No killings except for critters. I like that. Mm -hmm. Quit your foul mouthing. That's definitely not in there, but that sounds good, except maybe taking the Lord's name in vain. No swiping your kinfolk stuff and don't go hankering for it either. (laughs) I love that. Well, you get to the actual Ten Commandments, and here they are. And, uh, of course, if you want to read these right the way Moses uh, jotted them down, just go to Exodus chapter 20. That's the chapter you need to memorize in your Bible. And just say, don't memorize the whole chapter unless you want to. I'll be impressed. I'll give you 500 bonus points. I don't know what the bonus points are good for, but I'll give them to you. All right? But Exodus 20 is where they're found. Now, as you see that, most of you are well aware. I mean, these 10 little things here, these 10 ideas... Here, in the past 100 years, they've been wiped out of our schools. They've been wiped out of our courthouses. They've been, they're wiping, they're, people have an agenda to take these 10 things that come from God's holy word, that, and by the way, they're not 10 suggestions, are they? They're 10 commandments. Now, let me ask you, say, well, Brother Michael, I think, aren't you preaching on righteousness and thirsting after righteousness? What do the Ten Commandments have to do with righteousness? What are you after? Well, what's the two points in righteousness? Being right with man and being right with God. Guess what the Ten Commandments are all about? By the way, there are 613 commandments. These are just the first ten. <laughs> There's a lot of them that have dietary laws and this law and that law. But guess what the Ten Commandments are all about? You take all ten of them, you can divide them up. About being right with God and being right with each other. Did y'all know that's all the Ten Commandments are? Being right with God and being right with each other. You can divide those Ten Commandments up into those categories. How to be right with God and how to be right with man. And then Jesus made it even more simple. He divided it up in two sayings. Same thing. How to be right with God. Love God with all your soul, your spirit, and your mind, and your power. Remember that? Okay. Every, I say, how do I say it? Everything you've got. And then how? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things in these Ten Commandments, all of this means is, is that I long for, I hunger and thirst to be right with God. Folks, you only hunger and thirst after righteousness if you're saved. If you're not saved, you don't have a hunger and a thirst. But to be saved, to come to know Jesus, and you're trying to fill it with everything but God, there's nothing else. It's a bottomless pit. It's a cistern, as the Bible says, that holds no water. You can't fill it with anything but God. But this morning, this morning, you're saved or you're lost. Heaven is your home or hell is your home. You're either right with God or you're not right with God. There's no gray area in these categories. I'm right with you or I'm not right with you. There's no, have you ever thought about that? Well, you, well, we're in the middle. There's no middle. <laughs> I'm either right with you or I'm not right with you this morning. I'm either right with God or I'm not right with God. I'm either saved or I'm lost. In the Ten Commandments... Are about having godly character and spiritual integrity. Well, how do you get it? How do you be right with God? I call it getting back to the basics. This is a neat scripture. It's right before a very famous scripture that many of you have memorized. Most of you have memorized Romans 3.23. But the one I want to look at is right before it, which is verse twenty two. It says, Even the righteousness of God, how do you get it? According to this verse. Don't you love it when the Bible's just plain? I mean, just man, it's just it just hits you. This is like a not a two by four upside the head. This is a four by four, okay? How do you get right with God? By faith. Of Jesus, well, how do I have faith in Jesus that I accept Him and I believe in Him as my Savior? I love that. Upon all them that believe, if you just go over just a few pages in your Bible, probably Romans ten, verse ten. For with the heart, man believeth unto. Righteousness. Righteousness. Still thinking about righteousness, a few more pages to the right, Second Corinthians five and verse twenty-one. Second Corinthians five twenty-one it says this for he that's God. Hath made him to be sin. Jesus knew no sin. That we might be made the what? The righteousness of God. See all of this. I want you to be perfectly sure. Now I've still got a couple more passages. We're about to wrap up. Y'all are doing awesome. Y'all are doing great. Thank you for hanging with me. How do you get right with God? You can't, can't get right with God except through Jesus Christ. And the Bible's very plain about that. I can't, you know, well, I'll tell you what, I'm better than so on. You know, you, people compare themselves to people all day long. And Romans 3.23 says we all fall short. Don't compare yourself sideways, you compare yourself vertical. Compare yourself to Jesus. I can't I can't be perfect. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to place your faith in him. He's asking you to accept him. He's asking you to believe in him. And don't believe in him like a historical figure. You believe in him enough to say I give my life to him. I believe in him enough to trust him. And then you go to Philippians, just a few more pages over here, in the book of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. And folks, when it says that, that means everybody that tries to get to heaven by being good well, I tell you what, I'm a good person. Do you know what I've, I've done? Do you know how much money I've given to the church? Do you know how much money I've given to, uh, to hospitals and charities? And Do you know how many good things I've done? And we have lived great lives. But Folks, you don't get to heaven by having your own righteousness, which is of the law. In other words, keeping a set of rules. But how do you get it? I'm just. I mean, this is plain. I like this. It's plain. How do you get this righteousness through the faith of Christ? The righteousness which is of God by faith. It's it's a lifestyle. It's a choice. Just a few more pages over. First Timothy six eleven. All these are in order. I didn't even mean to do that. First Corinthians, excuse me. First Timothy six eleven. But thou man of God, flee these things. Talking about lusting after the things of the world. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And then I love this. Just two more page, three more pages over in my Bible. Second Timothy four eight henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the righteous judge shall give to me at that day and not to me only but unto all them love his appearing brother norman as we get ready for a song these altars are wide open now if you want to come up here and pray if you want to pray for our bible school if you want to come sit on the pew the pews are wide open. There's nobody sitting on these front pews. I say, will I sit and pray, kneel and pray? The altar's open for being right with God and right with man. Will you trust Jesus as your Savior? Will you give Him your life? If you're thirsty this morning, He can give you something. That will quench that thirst. You'll never thirst again.